0: Glorious, gentle giants of the sea, these 700-pound creatures are highly intelligent as they work together in groups to gather food. Yet, these creatures are a threatened species. Today, we chat about manta rays. Welcome to Boiling Point. Today, in the studio, you have myself, Anastasia. You have a new Boiling Point recruit, Ina. Hello. I'm sure you've already heard her episode, right? It's already out, Ina. Yes. Yeah, I hope you've heard her episode. And we have Sammy. Hi. Today, our special guest is Hannah Maloney. Hannah is a marine scientist and researcher at the University of the Sunshine Coast and is a principal collaborator at the Manta Ray Trust. Hi, Hannah. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Hannah? I'm good. Thank you. Okay, Hannah, I've got to ask you the most burning question. Okay. What in the world is the difference between a manta ray and a stingray? We tried to talk about it with David. I have no idea. He asked me the question. I was like, listen, we're going to leave it to the expert. What is the difference?
1: (laughs) Um, Everybody asks this. And it is something uh, that instills a lot of fear when you take people snorkeling with manta rays. Oh. so a lot of people have a bit of fear of stingrays because they have a barb mm-hmm. but actually manta rays are a more evolutionary advanced ray so they're still a relative of a stingray a relative of a shark and a skate mm-hmm. they're all made out of cartilage they don't have a bone structure however the manta evolved only 28 million years ago years ago oh, oh and my, they, oh so only, so short sure. so basically <laughs> basically recent Um, And they don't feed on the bottom of their body like other, like stingrays. Mm. They feed, they have uh, um, appendages at the front of their faces Mm -hmm. called cephalic fins. So they look like little devil horns. Mm -hmm. When they unravel them, they turn into, um, uh, so on the face. So uh, that makes them filter feeders. And they're so much larger than stingrays. So they're very similar.
0: Yeah. So... I mean, I'm the fa- I found the fact, and I actually found it off of you, was that they can get up to about 700 pounds, right? So how long can they get? Because they have a pretty big... Is it a wingspan? Do you call it wingspan? Or fin span? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it
1: either. We do call it a wingspan. Yes. So these are their pectoral fins. So mm-hmm. if you think of a shark flattened like a pancake, mm-hmm. they're their two pectoral fins creating a wingspan mm-hmm. of... Up to four meters is the smaller relative. Mm. However, the larger relative is the oceanic manta ray. And they can get up to seven meter
0: wingspan. These can weigh a couple of tons. So they're very big rays. (laughs) Holy moly. So what, I mean, other than their size, what got you interested in studying manta rays? Or, or were you just like, I really want to study stingrays and then you mixed up the species and you're like, I guess now I'm studying manta rays. That's, that, that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> Close. I knew um, but- You're like, I'd like to study something younger. <laughs> <laughs> More good looking.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I really liked whales and dolphins. But then I moved to the Maldives at age 24 and swam with these enigmatic, furious creatures mm-hmm. and my heart was sold and so forever after that i wanted to focus my research and conservation efforts mm-hmm. in protecting these gentle giants and as you mentioned threatened so they do need our help
0: right so you moved to the maldives because of research or as like you know a euro trip sort of thing like what made you move there was it a project or was it for pleasure
1: Uh, So I moved to the Maldives as I got my uh, an internship out of university. Mm -hmm. So I started working at a five star luxury resort as a marine biologist, working on coral propagation, turtle ID, manta ID. And then from there, things have snowballed and become more focused towards uh, manta rays over the last decade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what is it that you study with manta rays? Do you study anything? So when I was working over in the Maldives, we looked at population dynamics and movement of the rays across the entire country. However, now my PhD research is more focused on the drivers of uh, mandaray feeding and behaviour, mm-hmm. so looking at a whole array of environmental and oceanography variables um, about their movements and why they're mass feeding and how much they're feeding on.
0: Okay. Okay, so I have... Uh, The first question pertaining to the first part that you mentioned that you used to study. So do manta rays move quite far? Like, do they migrate quite long distances?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned before, um, there's the two species of manta ray. Mm -hmm. One's a larger uh, oceanic manta ray, Mm -hmm. and we think they may cross oceans. However, we're not really sure at this point. Mm -hmm. They're elusive species and quite hard to study, um, but their smaller relatives, the reef manta rays, these are the ones that you would most commonly see scuba diving or snorkeling mm. in tropical and subtropical oceans, mm-hmm. and they'll hang around coral reefs, uh, inside lagoons, the so areas accessible to uh, to tourism. Um, so they do travel daily and seasonally. Mm-hmm. We don't, we wouldn't necessarily say they they migrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Basically, they're just big, hungry rays. Wherever the food is, is wherever they will go. So the food moves with the seasons and so do the rays.
0: Excellent. So what is it that they eat? What food are
1: they looking for? So despite their massive size, Mm -hmm. as we said, growing up to uh, two tons, basically the size of a VW car,
2: (sighs) They're, they're the
1: elephants
0: of the-, of the ocean, it seems like.
1: <laughs> flat elephants. Yeah, flat, flat elephants. You're right, yeah. <laughs> they eat some of the smallest animals in the sea. So if you've ever heard of zooplankton, they're the teeny weeny little animals at uh, the bottom of the food web mm-hmm. that help sustain entire ecosystems in our ocean. So zooplankton consists of uh, little crustaceans, copepods, baby shrimp, Baby lobster, worms, salps,
2: mm. anything
1: in its smaller years, even right. jellyfish. Oh, um, so so these are the kind of things that manta rays are feeding on. We don't really mm. think they're targeting jellyfish, but they do get caught up in their food. Mm. They're more interested in things that are high in nutrients, right. such as um, carbon-dense animals. So, like uh, shrimp, copepods, mm-hmm. worms.
0: So things like that. Okay. So you also said that they're filter feeders and they eat all of these small animals. I guess from like a practical point of view would they be swallowing a lot of water when they when they try to eat all, the, all of these really little animals like i can't imagine that they you know are looking for this tiny little microscopic thing and then go you know and then just swallow <laughs> one thing and then they'd have to eat literally all day every day every minute of the day <laughs> but they're pretty and it big
1: <laughs> it would make them sink consuming so much <laughs> seawater or yeah, well,
0: exactly. no
1: they, they do not oh really so, So if you think of, if you hold your fist out, Mm -hmm. that's about the size of a manta ray throat. So they have large mouths, Mm -hmm. so getting up to almost a metre wide.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And what they do is open up their big mouths, but they have these advanced uh, filter systems Mm -hmm. on the underside of their their body. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a big pasta strainer. So water and zooplankton filter into their mouths. Mm -hmm. The water goes out the gills and the plankton gets caught on the gill rakers and then the manta ray closes their mouth and then swallows all the zooplankton. And then they do this for as long as the zooplankton hangs around because zooplankton is what we call ephemeral. So it's only temporarily in high densities in particular locations. So Mm -hmm. it's not always there. So basically manta rays, we think are... hanging around going to the man to spa or moving between locations until the food is ready until dinner is cooked mm-hmm. and then they'll come to these locations using their super senses. we're not sure how they know that these um these ephemeral hotspots are happening mm-hmm. but we think it's something to do with uh maybe they feel the currents change the tide movement, so the water of the mo- the the movement of the water, as well as they might smell the zooplankton, they mm-hmm. might taste it, um, and so then that's how they're finding out that these these zooplankton blooms are occurring, oh. and they will rock up to these areas and feast and feast and feast, and feast until the buffet is finished. Mm-hmm.
2: And so- and, oh, oh sorry. sorry, go ahead. Sammy. Um, so I just I've done manta ray diving once in my life, and I remember that they brought this big box of light and they would put it down and I don't know it it just seemed like they it was like the bat signal for these manta rays because they would put Zoo this box down here. yeah they would put this box down and then all of these manta rays would come and and you know we'd get to see this amazing sight so is it that the the zooplankton are, uh, I, I thought that it was like they're attracted to the light, but it's that they're attracted to the, the zooplankton instead. They're coming in to feed then.
0: Sounds like a, a Monterey disco party. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, exactly. actually. You should have seen Sammy's uh, sparkly <laughs> wetsuit. I think she was the light. <laughs> yes. she, she was just the disco in. bum.
1: <laughs> oh, well, actually, the light uh attracting the zooplankton so the manta rays are not coming because of the disco party but the zooplankton maybe so they might think it's a full moon disco party so full moon means the manta rays will do this thing so it's the largest migration to happen across the globe Mm -hmm. is happens every single night with zooplankton so it's called dial vertical migration Mm -hmm. for the zooplankton Will be at the depths of the ocean, maybe a few kilometers to ten kilometers deep. Mm. And when the, full, the moon is out or the night is there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they think there's no predators will find me, and then they'll come to the surface. And so this is probably what's going on with the light the zooplankton. Oh, oh. It's,
0: it's so the, the zooplankton is passing. being tricked by the moon. Dang. Yes, and then the rays <laughs> are like, "This is great." Yeah, exactly. I'm um, to feed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what I wanted to ask is, why are manta rays? Are they are they really closely related to sharks? And what is the similarities between them and sharks? Okay, so
1: sharks evolved over four hundred million years ago, mm-hmm. so they're like the much older relatives. So, all elasmobranchs, meaning all cartilaginous animals like mm-hmm. sharks, rays, and skates, have evolved from these ancient-looking sharks, which look quite similar to the uh, modern-day sharks.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So they differ in the way their body shape. Mm. Yeah, yeah, flattened sharks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The way they feed, um, the way they move, the way they um, uh, migrate between areas, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also the, the social complexities of their lives. So only in the last decade we've started to study manta race mm-hmm. and we're only just starting to scratch on the surface of sort of the mysterious lives of these animals right. so they've been popular among divers and snorkelers for many years mm. as you know Sammy. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that the research is only just starting to catch up so they mm. are highly sociable and they mm. may have quite complex life histories and social lives that we we are not yet to understand as scientists.
0: Mm-hmm. so you've mentioned a few times now that they're very social animals um what do you mean by that like do they like to hang out together it's another do, manta ray disco it, it, well they're not party animals though it's a zooplankton that are party animals the manta rays are just there to feast <laughs> so do they you know hunt together do they hang out together um they have to mate together i can't imagine that they're asexually reproducing <laughs> um oh sorry uh, just another tangent question do, do they Their eggs look like shark eggs. No,
1: so that's another thing: is the way they reproduce, and also the way they um, have their babies. So manta rays, so a lot of sharks and rays will have will lay eggs, but some do live birth. Mm -hmm. Manta rays are one of the species um, that would do a live birth. So a manta ray won't become mature. Until they're about ten, fifteen years of age, so they're really late to mature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: once they uh, once they become pregnant, they will have a gestation period of to twelve months. so it's a long time to have a little manta baby inside.
2: Oh.
1: And so that manta baby grows inside an egg inside the mum. Mm-hmm. and then when the mum's ready to give birth, which we don't know where oh. <laughs> anywhere in the world, it's never been witnessed before. Um, the mum will give birth to about a 1.5-metre manta burrito Ooh. alive. So this manta is wrapped up with its pet fins wrapped around its back like a little burrito. That is so cute.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so adorable.
1: Oh. And then mum says, bye. You have to figure out this by yourself. There's no parental care. Oh. So off goes mum. And we often find the baby manta rays in the shelter of a lagoon. So in sort of a sheltered habitat, away from the sneaky sharks that might think it's an easy meal, or maybe orcas as well.
2: Oh, yeah. Orcas are just
1: bonos. like
0: evil. They, they seem to be so cruel. <laughs> They're like the cruelest animals in the ocean. <laughs> Like, I don't know who hurt them, but apparently all the animals have hurt them. Or maybe they just have a vendetta against everything for no reason. I don't understand. But, you know, yeah, orcas just seem to be very, very mean animals. Um, But okay, so, yeah, let's go back to why are they so social or how social are they? You know, what aspects of of their life history make them social?
1: Um, So. A lot of aspects of their life they do with other manta So
0: it's not Except for taking care of their babies. Wow. Wow. They'd rather hang out with their friends, not party. So I don't understand what they're doing. (laughs) They sound boring.
1: Jeez, they just eat
0: and that's it. (laughs) Not a bad life.
1: Anyways. um, (laughs) um, So they necessarily think they're hanging out with their best friends or, Mm. or... other relatives so they're not like the social complexities of their lives and not like orcas and other marine mammals such as dolphins mm-hmm. it's not like they have um, family groups it's like they all go to the same supermarket and you see the same manta rays or people at the same at different times
0: do they have so um, like human social anxiety where they'll actually hide in a different aisle to make sure that their friend doesn't <laughs> see them is, is that how they do it probably right? um i'll I'll check back yeah. in. I'll, I'll ask them. I've got a question. few interview questions for the manta ray specifically. <laughs> if you can, please forward them. <laughs> we'll have you on for a part two. <laughs> what did the manta ray say? <laughs> Do they vocalize? I don't know it language? Ooh, that's actually a good question, yeah. Ian. Because like they would need to answer your questions. So that's so- true. Do they vocalize? Do they make any noise? Are they like whales? So we.
1: Don't know if they're making vocalizations. These mm-hmm. are sounds that we can't necessarily hear. Mm-hmm. There's lots of sounds that other fish species will make, mm-hmm. such as they'll make bubbles um,
0: at their butt to wow make noise and oh communicate This and, went like, from cute. This went from cute to very weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so fish are weird.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so. Lots of different ways that they can communicate. Mm-hmm. But in terms of vocalising and talking, it's not something that we know occurs. However, that might be something with uh, different types of microphones and hydrophones that we might be able to pick up on. But we do think they use breaching as a method of communication. So just like you might have seen a humpback whale, boost out of the water and mm-hmm. make a big splash as like a, hello, I'm here. Yeah. So yeah. Manta rays, we think, do something similar. So they boost their bodies out of the water and slap into the water, Mm -hmm. and we think they might be communicating to other manta rays, like it's time to go uh, a courtship, or there's lots of food around. Come help me feed. So there's sort of two reasons that they may be doing this.
0: Okay. So why do they need help feeding? Like when they're at the supermarket, are they looking for their, you know, colleagues, (laughs) I guess, acquaintances to help them feed? Why do they need help? Um, Well, if you think about if
1: you've ever driven behind a big truck or a bus in a little car Mm. and you can get in the slipstream and you don't use as much fuel or Mm. energy – because you've snuck behind so this is similar to what manta rays would do it's like lazy feeding with friends
2: Mm. so
1: manta rays do feed alone so they might be feeding by themselves using particular strategies Mm -hmm. there's five different strategies that they'll feed by themselves which ranges from straight feeding to surface feeding to somersault feeding so doing backflip 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 wow and we might we think this might be something to do with the density of zooplankton in the water or the particular species. So some zooplankton's a little bit slow and others is a lot faster. So they mm-hmm. have to change their strategies to be able to catch their food. But mm-hmm. there's a few different strategies that will feed with friends. So one's called chain feeding. So this will be one manta in the front, which is like the bus, mm-hmm. and the other manta will go head to tail, head to tail. And this might range of 30 to 50 individuals all in a line feeding. Mm -hmm. And so they will take turns in the front. If there is potentially currents in the water, so little water creating some eddies or patchy zooplankton, Mm -hmm. then this chain of manta rays might start to twirl up. So think of a cyclone going round and round and round. Mm -hmm. So these manta vortexes will sometimes go from the surface of the water 20 metres down to the sea floor in the shape of a vortex mm-hmm. going round and round and round, sucking in all the zooplankton and helping each other feed. If you're to swim down beside them to photograph, such as get the manta ray ID, so get the tummy photo mm-hmm. to be able to see what individuals are feeding, you'll feel yourself getting sucked in to the vortex. So they're fully moving the water. Wow.
0: That is incredible. Oh, my gosh like this seems like a you know once in lifetime experience to have yeah. like your job sounds extremely cool um but let's get to the sad part so why are they threatened
1: so as I sort of said before about the late to mature mm-hmm. one baby every three years 12 month gestation period they have quite a small populations they may not move across oceans, so they're sort of hang out in one area. If you were to fish that one population, fish, 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 or accidentally catch them if you're targeting um, tuna with nets or um, prawns, for example, if you're mm-hmm. to accidentally catch lots of manta rays, that population is going to decline very quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: So manta rays are very much so um, at risk of decline mm-hmm. due to direct fisheries Mm-hmm. and accidental bycatch, but there's also that looming um, uh, looming climate change that is also affecting yes. all animals, mm-hmm. and this is predicted to have a really big impact on their food. So mm-hmm. if their food is to start to disappear, to, to not be as abundant and they have to travel further, they're not getting as much nutrients, not getting as much food, They're also not going to be very fit and healthy. They're not going to reproduce and therefore their populations are going to decline in that aspect as well. So these threatened rays, so manta rays and their other um, seven relatives Mm -hmm. of mobulas, so they're very much so at risk of endangerment with the way the world is going Mm -hmm. at this point. So that's why it's so important that we're having these conversations, we're doing this research, Mm -hmm. um, we're educating local communities um, we're using this research to put forward to government policy and to make changes within local communities to sort of have a positive impact on this umbrella species so if we're to start protecting manta rays and their habitats and their relatives mm-hmm. that kind of puts like a little umbrella over everything else that uses those environments
0: Right. So while you do a lot of research on them to to understand them as well, you work a lot in in conservation of manta rays with the Manta Trust. Is that correct? And can you tell me about Manta Trust and what you do with them?
1: Yeah. So Manta Trust is a UK charity. um, And we have about 25 plus affiliate projects. Wow. So man to trust is sort of the overall big project and mm-hmm. then we support um, 25 other affiliate projects that are all around the world from Philippines, Maldives, Indonesia, Mexico, Peru, Brazil, so lots of different countries that mm-hmm. we're collaborating with, supporting. So this means it's a global conservation effort. It's not just a local one. Mm-hmm. So we have our local impact. But then this filters out to numerous other projects and we all support each other. So it's a great support network of hundreds of multidisciplinary um, researchers, education, media experts, conservationists, strategists. We all work together to have this global conservation impact.
0: Right. So you you work with them you you do research I assume you I mean I I don't assume I know you'll you get to dive a lot to actually see the manta rays but you also photograph the manta rays now for everybody um, just so you know we will be putting all the information about the manta trust um, as well as Hannah's Instagram which has some incredible photos of manta rays just just mesmerizing like Seriously, Hannah, they are so incredible. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with diving to photograph manta rays? Is it hard? Is it easy? Are they really good posers, you know? Do, you know, do they make excellent models? What's it like?
1: I'm going to say it depends on the individual. Each mm. manta ray is a unique character, mm. and as you spend the time in the water with the same individuals again and again and again, some of them love paparazzi. Others really? are shy, <laughs> and so, and it depends on the time, the sort of day they're
2: having, and mm. the behaviour they're encountering. So that makes sense. If, I don't want my picture taken every day. Yeah, know? exactly. If
0: you wake up with a bad hair day, like yeah. the last thing you want is a picture.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> do they do they have a good side? Like, what is, the, what is the good side of of a manta ray? Is it the underside or the overside? <laughs> Or a good, like, lateral view of the sides of thin pancake view, (laughs) if you will. I think I'm biased. I think every
1: side of a manta ray is good. But in terms of research, the underside is good. So manta rays have a unique spot pattern on their tummies. Mm -hmm. So this spot pattern is like a fingerprint. And so each manta ray we have in our database in the Maldives, we have over 5,000 individuals identified and they all have names and codes and we record when they were first sighted, when they've been sighted where, what they were doing, who they're hanging out with, all this. Mm-hmm. So just from this fingerprint, we can get so much information from this single population. So in terms of research, the underside is good. However, um, scuba diving with mountains and taking photos is much easier because you can position yourself in a, in a spot that you're not having any impact on the reef, uh, neutrally buoyant above remaining calm and the manta rays can often be quite curious Mm -hmm. so when they're at the manta spa they can often be curious of scuba divers so if you think about the bubbles that you exhale Mm -hmm. sometimes it can tickle the manta rays so depending on the individual (laughs) Oh yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> wait,
0: wait. Do you blow the bubbles out your butt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to I just had to put that in. Um oh my gosh, that is so cute. Have you ever been like hit by a manta ray because they were so excited by your bubbles?
1: I wouldn't say so excited. So each individual, some like the bubbles, some mm-hmm. do not. Mm-hmm. And we try not to influence the manta ray's behavior. However, You're underwater, you Mm -hmm. need to breathe, you need to inhale, you need to exhale. So at times you do have to exhale Mm -hmm. and there's some mandreys that are completely curious and love the bubble bath, that they will linger over the top of you as you're on the reef and just wait for you to exhale and you're like, excuse me, please move. I need to take (laughs) the breath out and blow my bubbles. And if you do (laughs) exhale, sometimes they will go very low, right above your head. And as you're trying to go lower and lower to get out of the way, they will be right above you until they need to keep moving and then off they'll go. So mandrakes need to keep swimming. They're always hovering in the current. They mm-hmm. can't stop. They don't, have a, they don't just have a rest on the seafloor. They're not having a nap in a cave like some sharks yeah. or resting on the seafloor. They need to constantly, breathe, constantly move so they can breathe. Um, so they do, but they do get quite close and quite curious and they might swoop past you, give you eye to eye, when they're feeding, they're less curious about you because they have one thing on their mind, and that's food. That's so if you're thing. in the water, you want to get out of the way. So you swim out of the way, just remain calm at the surface. So I always tell my guests that I'm snorkeling with, with um, guests that may not have snorkeled with mantas before, to, to stay at the surface, remain calm, and the manta ray will control the interaction. They'll swim around you.
0: There you go. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. If you want to take a look uh, at Hannah's story, her website, her LinkedIn, and her beautiful Instagram photos will all be on our blog post um, and everywhere all over our social media. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been such a fascinating talk. I'm excited for part two, the Manta Ray interview. I cannot wait for this. Thank you so much for being on the show, Hannah.
1: Please send me through your questions to ask the man to
0: raise, and we'll get back to you. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I also had a really good time. Thank you so much. See you later. You have been listening to Boiling Point. Ina was on the show. Bye. And Sammy was on the show.
2: Awesome to be here.
0: Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye.